0: Long left as an afterthought, energy efficiency is rapidly growing as a tool for the energy transition. It gains significant momentum at the recent COP28 discussions in Dubai as part of the Triple Up Double Down campaign, which was included in the final text. meaning governments around the world are committed to doubling energy efficiency efforts. Hello, I'm David Weston, host of Energy Enablers, and in this week's episode I speak to Mike Umeka, Managing Director of the Energy Efficiency Movement, an industry-led initiative to drive energy efficiency to become part of everyday decision-making. I had a quick chat with Mike on the fringes of the COP de- negotiations in Dubai. We were sat outside, it was very hot, so apologies for the background noises, but it doesn't detract from Mike's passionate pitch on energy efficiency. I hope you enjoy the chat. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the uh, Energy Enablers podcast. Everyone can see the need to save energy. Why is the Energy Efficiency Movement important?
1: The Energy Efficiency Movement is a forum that brings together like-minded stakeholders to do basically three things. It's about um, saving energy, reducing cost, and um, reducing CO2. So we have a vision to become a voice of industry. And we do this through knowledge sharing. And then later on, obviously, also in terms of training and education, we would like to use an ecosystem that we have built so far. In the meantime, more than 420 companies, including Microsoft, DHL, Alpha Laval, and so on, including competitors that, that do cross the aisle. It was founded in, um, two years ago by ABB, and, um, and we really would like to bring the thought leadership to the next level now.
0: And so why aren't companies and CEOs already taking action within energy efficiency?
1: We just released um, a few weeks back ahead of COP, um, the case for industrial energy efficiency. There we have identified 10 simple key actions um, that everybody can do now today already. However, what we have also identified is quite often the business case and the impact um, is missing. So that's what we serve with, with the recent study. So it is built on three pillars. It's about talking about the um, energy efficiency foundation, um, where you do, for example, an energy audit. It talks about the um, efficiency returns in terms of um, using high efficient motors or equipping motors with drive or maintaining heat exchanger. And the third one is about gaining a- efficiency in size. That's um, equipping your, um, uh, your facility to the latest smart building technologies and so on. So if this is adopted across the industry, you can gain 11% of CO2 reduction by 2030, which is equivalent to around 4 gigatons of CO2. That is equivalent to around taking 60% of the internal combustion cars off the street. And this is the massive number top of that, it will give a financial benefit of more than $437 billion. Right. So the whole research that was brought out is exactly to provide this foundation for financial impact yeah. and um, climate impact.
0: Was it, you, you just mentioned the new piece of research uh, that you launched a couple of weeks ago. Can you um, talk to us about some of the insights in that? Whether, was there anything in the report that particularly surprised you?
1: First of all, that Technology is already there today, and it can be applied immediately without going into um, levels of policy discussions. And um, and obviously, the, the big impact is that out of these 10 actions, three of them do provide already more than 70% of impact. Mm-hmm. And just to name is obviously connecting assets um, on the IoT side, but also obviously um, getting d- data-driven insights. So so those are really the kind of the two biggest lever on that one. Okay.
0: Um, given the urgency behind energy efficiency and the uh, energy transition, uh, how can industrial leaders expedite the implementation of energy efficiency measures uh, within their operations to achieve the significant savings projected by 2025?
1: I, th- I think the foundational piece is really kind of starting with the baseline. is about the energy audits. Um, by this, you create the baseline for the right sizing of your industrial goods, and then the second is obviously about connecting the assets um, into the IoT. So you have the overview of your value chain. And that's really kind of the first steps that everybody should do and can do right now together. And then with the research, obviously, we back this up with the business case. And that's kind of how you can get started and that you look at it more as a holistic transformational approach
0: rather than a single improvement step. We're here at COP. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Uh, tripling up renewables, uh, phrases triple up, double down on energy efficiency. But do you feel there's too much focus on renewable energy against energy efficiency? Both
1: are equally important since obviously as per the IEA um, studies, um, renewables follows the energy efficiency um however i think the attention as you as you said is um is can, can be put much more on on the en- energy efficiency um space yeah. and i think that's kind of something which does not also not need to have a political wrangling or economic disruptions i mean you can do it today in your facility and it's not you don't need to have a big discussion about
0: um, where can you set up now the next solar or wind park i had it in one of the uh sessions we did earlier today that energy efficiency just isn't it isn't sexy it's not the wind turbine it's not a heat pump how do we change that how do we change that sort of perception of energy efficiency
1: yeah i mean first of all yeah you're right um because that's also the reason especially here at cop you know you've you've, you hear first it's about tripling renewables doubling energy efficiency you could also speak about it the vice versa yeah um but but i i think Obviously, renewables has has been on the political landscape already quite for a while, yeah. and and it's easy to explain. And energy efficiency is quite often also behind the scenes um, that you don't see immediately, but you see it obviously in your energy consumption. You see it in your CO2 footprint, yeah. and um, and and I think absolutely energy efficiency would deserve much higher attention.
0: But how do we get there? How do we how do we make people more aware of energy efficiency and make it a much through,
1: through occasions like COP. Uh, okay. I, I, th- I think now this is the first time really that we have these mm. pledges. Um, and I was just um, uh, yesterday also joining in a panel or a roundtable discussion from um, sustainable, sustainable Energy for All, Mission Efficiency, mm. uh, where we really go down into the pledges, how you can do this. And and, and and that's exactly what also the Energy Efficiency Movement is all about, driving the awareness, providing the business case and the climate and the commercial or um, business impact at the end of the day.
0: Hi everyone, me again. Please do rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. It really helps us out, means we can make more shows like this and means more people can find us. Also, a quick reminder to subscribe to Foresight Climate and Energy so you don't miss out on any of our other podcasts or long-form journalism. Head to the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightmedia.com. How has energy efficiency been welcomed at COP? We've obviously mentioned that the, the doubling of energy efficiency targets. Uh, are there a, enough people talking about it here? I mean, absolutely,
1: it's welcomed that we see that more than 100 countries obviously welcomed um, the pledge and and on doubling down the energy efficiency. And and I think I think it's a good opportunity um, on all the panel discussions where I have been, energy efficiency was there. And I think really this is the, the first step already um, that people speak about it. Um, so, so obviously, also just last week, uh, last week the IEA released their latest energy efficiency report, mm-hmm. just ahead of COP, which is also calling for doubling energy efficiency from two to four percent, and that's what we see now here today. That is also reflected, and um, and 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 that's that's exactly why it's now the right time to stress this even more, and also introducing exactly this, how you can do it. And this is what we do through the report um, that you have the solution today. Yeah.
0: The energy efficiency movements playbook provides practical recommendations such as auditing energy consumption as we mentioned utilizing smart building management systems how can leaders overcome some of the potential challenges or resistance within the organizations within their own organizations to adopt these measures and provide energy efficiency at a board level
1: so so m- mo- most important is that obviously you put energy efficiency at the top of the agenda sure um, and and you need to look at it from a holistically perspective so that it's, it has almost an, a transformational character,
0: and then you get it through the organization. So there needs to be um, sort of energy efficiency included in all board decisions? Is that, as, is that, is that, is that element there in decision making at a board level and, and as it trickles down?
1: It, it, it should be definitely there in terms of when it comes to investment or if you look into you how, how can you optimize your carbon footprint. Um, energy efficiency is a low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. That you can implement today and, and you will have the um, the impact and the result tomorrow.
0: Moving on to sort of industrial energy efficiency um, and some of these tools and infrastructure that they need to install um, have a very long lifespan and payback time, uh, but the need to decarbonize is, uh, now is, is quite prevalent. How can companies strike the balance between long-term sustainability goals and the immediate need to, immediately to reduce emissions?
1: Uh, I would like to give you here an example from, from our report. It talks about high efficient motor. So electric motors consume more than 45% of world's electricity in the industrial sector. The proportion is obviously around two-thirds. The number of electrical motors will grow over the next year by uh, by 2040 to more than 600 million. So it's doubling in that sense. So with high-efficient motor, you can obviously cut electricity consumption by around 10%. So if we take in a practical example, changing an IE2 motor um, on the efficiency class to an IE4, you will have a saving of around 40%. And the typical payback period of a small 2-kilowatt motor that you can use for heating or ventilation is um, is, is less than a year. So... I think I think the business case is there and you don't need to um distinguish really between short and long term because if you do it today and and if we look into the global space you can save uh, more than 300 million tons of CO2 by 2030 which is equivalent to 45 billion dollars in financial gains so it's more the question when can I start rather than um do I need to balance between long and short term
0: absolutely uh and just finally then uh What's next? What does the energy efficiency sector uh, need to see in 2024 and beyond? We've got the pledges this week, uh, hopefully, um, signed by 120 uh, countries and governments. What's next for the energy efficiency movement? uh, And how are we going to progress in the next 12 to 24 months? So for the movement, obviously,
1: we we aim to scale further in terms of um, onboarding and welcoming companies, we would like with partnerships to strengthen the um, capability to really share the how of energy efficiency that that we have much more use cases by country, by application and by processes. So we really want to go there in the next direction. We're also um, working on, on creating an association. Um, okay. Maybe you may need to cut this out depending on when we release it. Sure. Um, but but in terms, in terms of also the entire energy transition and how to succeed it. And if you look a bit into today's geopolitical situation, I think, um, it's 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 an opportunity that we are now ex- exactly now doubling down and 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 continue to stay on this path and and it's great to see what what today is has been achieved in terms of pledges and that we also take advantage of this one and we don't ignore the importance of it. Um, beside, obviously, understanding the geopolitical um, challenges.
0: Of course, I and mean, we need to see more sort of regulation policy embedded with energy efficiency over the next sort of year or so? Would you like to see some of that? It may help. However,
1: what we, what we really say is like technology is there. Um, you can do it if you're a company owner and that's the beauty of it also compared maybe to renewables, you, you, can, do, you can install it right now. And I think that's really the great advantage of it. Policy may support to a certain extent, m- maybe more on the financial side, um, but you can do it also without.
0: It's quite a lot of low-hanging fruit for a lot of companies. Absolutely. I mean, at the end, it's, it's good for business, good for society, good for environment. Mike, thank you so much. Uh, really interesting chat there on energy efficiency. I'd be keen to learn a little bit more about your background. Um, did you always want to work in energy transition, energy efficiency? Yeah, that's actually a very good question. So um, I'm by background an electrical engineer.
1: Okay. Um, so, so I was always very close to, to technology, um, how to improve things. I think historically, the focus was mainly about how you can get out more with, with less, how you can make products smaller um, to get out more, more energy. But obviously, nowadays, really kind of the key differentiator, which attracted me also to start with this role, mm. um, it's a key differentiator to, to save energy um, and to support to go through the energy transition that is required.
0: And what about that sort of uh, interest in uh, electrical engineering? Where did, where did that come from? It's a
1: very good question um, uh, because no, none of my direct family members are in this okay. space. Um, my grandfather was uh, was a PhD in chemistry. Maybe came from that side. Uh, I grew up very close to ABB factory, so oh. maybe that was an influential true. factor. True. Um, and 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 I'm I'm really happy that I took this opportunity mm-hmm. because now I can really make also an impact uh, with what I'm doing. Personally, I I also lived for a few years here in the United Arab Emirates, right. and and it's fantastic to see also how how these countries really grow and 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 walk the talk when they have a vision. And I think having a vision with the energy efficiency movement and with my background, um, that's really what makes me um, what makes me um getting up every morning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's sort of the side of um the energy transition and uh, and affecting or limiting the impacts of climate change is something that really inspires you now uh, absolutely i i think it's a it's it's the right opportunity now
1: um the time is and the clock is ticking so so the next stock take will be in 5 years um, where we are and and obviously many reports also point out to 2030 um and that's less than 6 years from now so so that's really kind of where we where we need to put the focus and at the end we are all and I will be working hopefully still when I'm 20 uh, into in 2050. So um, I would like to make my contribution to it. And also I would like that my kids can um, look up to me later on. And and, and I can say, yes, I, I did my part.
0: My final question is one we all ask all of our guests on uh, energy enablers. Will the energy transition succeed? I thought we all, I almost answered this one already
1: before. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, if we see today's geopolitical uh, situation, obviously there is a risk that we don't meet the climate actions. But on the other hand, um, all the organizations I meet as part of the movement, I really encourage and motivate them um, to to use our moderate ambitions that we brought into the study and and to apply today. So. I think the, um, the transition has the opportunity to succeed. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, also our research study helps them to take the right decision and to do it today rather than tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in that sense very optimistic, but you need to walk the talk. Absolutely.
0: Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, David. Thanks again to Mike for joining us on this podcast. It'll be interesting to see how energy efficiency measures are advanced in this coming year. Can energy efficiency play a bigger role in your company? Join the conversation by becoming a Foresight member today. Visit www.foresightmedia.com or follow the link in the show notes to get a one-month free trial with full access. Be part of a community where knowledge meets action. Until next time, thanks for listening.